Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello there, my very good friends. We're here in London at the biggest sporting event in this ramshackle little tin pot roof's history. All in is tomorrow. We're going to predict the matches and we're going to start with the Zero Hour pre-show. A match with heavy storyline implications. Adam Cole, MJF versus Aussie Open, Ring of Honor tag team titles. Who'd like to go first? Why not? There you go. I can't see there being a huge turn purely because if it's Adam Cole, they're going to ruin the boom. I still think people would want to say it anyway, even if he does something dastardly with MJF. But I think they're going to do some kind of miscommunication. I basically think they're going to maintain that ambiguity because I think that is the, the tension and the suspense. So I think they will lose to Aussie Open, which is kind of weird because a challenger or a champion is going to do a job. But the ambiguity is the magic in this storyline. Thanks very much. I think they're going to miscommunicate and win the belts anyway. Like, I think they're going to win the belts. I think they're going to go in as tag team champions. We're going to get a decisive finish in the main event, and we're still not going to know because they're going to stick together after the fact. So even if it looks as if things are falling apart, as if they're no longer friends, as if there's MJS finally about to reveal that he's been the devil all along, they're now carrying belts. So you have to hide it that little bit longer. This is AEW's money story. Why kill it at Wembley Stadium? When, I don't know if you know, guys, there's a show next week to build. Keep that train running on the tracks. Well, there's absolutely no point in me making a prediction because both of you have chosen what I was going to choose, so it's two days for you know. We'll move on now to the uh, FTW World Championship match. They we're going to have the funeral or the retirement of the belt this week on Dynamite. It got moved. Um, Hook, Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, whatever you want to call him, added to the Zero Hour. Who knows, they might add more matches. It's Tony Khan. Uh, Michael Hamflit, who you got? Hook. It's got to be Hook. As much as I wanted to see Taz take bumps on the way to Wembley, <laughs> It's too simple. It's too straightforward. Hook gets the big win. Um, where's he been? He's been on trains. He's been avoiding television. You know, we've got this last-minute collision appearance, but I Hook gets the belt back. Order is restored. And Jungle Boy has one of his first good nights as an actual heel. Wow, that's a heavy shot. What you got? How's that good night if he's going to do the job? Does he look good? He always looks good. He's Jungle Boy. He's a, nice he's a very, very handsome, handsome guy. I've got absolutely no idea. And if I'm being perfectly honest, my emotional investment isn't as high as I would have expected. I'm going to go with Jack Perry because um, I think they might step it up at uh, All Out. Why not? I think Hook's fantastic, a total prodigy. I think he needs a little bit more development. And I think a, a nice shortcut-laden match will really help him out in Chicago. Yes, and after that, we're just going in the order. I've got them here on my phone. I have no idea Wikipedia. what it's... Yep, <laughs> that I, production notes. Uh, I have no idea what it's going to be like on the night. 
I don't think they're going to open this match, but we're going into the World Tag Team title match. The Young Bucks, FTR, round three. We saw it this week on Dynamite where um, Matt Jackson ended Dax Harwood's life um, in a pretty brutal promo segment. Um, one and one, who's taking the series? What's interesting is that before the news of Cash Wheeler's arrest, I would have just expected FTR to have won this. I think then the elite and people like this, people don't, people increasingly don't, is that they like to tell stories amongst themselves. There's some unfinished business with the Dark Order. So I think there were more narrative opportunities for the Young Bucks to lose and venture on to their own law. But the Cash Wheeler situation... They don't know what's going on, or they're telling us that they don't know what's going on. There's every chance the guy might be in a bit of trouble. Historically, there's a chance of a switch. If nothing else, not to make light of it, it does enhance the drama somewhat. I'm going to go with the Young Bucks as a result, and I think the best possible version of this match in there could be the best tag team match of all time. I think it could be incredible. The second match in particular was phenomenal. The atmosphere, the stakes... I'm interested to see if they are going to do CM Punk stuff. If, for example, Dax Harwood is going to hoist Matt Jackson on his shoulders and tease a GTS. I think there'll be the collective gasp, the likes of which Wembley might not have heard even in a playoff final. Um, they did some stuff in Chicago. I'd love to see some CM Punk lore in this match. I want that GTS, and I want it countered with a bookshot lariat. I want to see Hangman Page Law just as much. I think FTR retain, um, but I probably think this is no longer the end of it. The books have re-signed to give us this match. Yes, it makes it 2-1, but this is going to be one of them saga, one of them legacy things. It's the match to me more than anything else in this card that belongs in this building. This is the biggest wrestling show ever. It's the biggest tag team match in pro wrestling. I can't wait to see it play out, which I think most people are more excited for than the result itself. To me, that's why you keep the belts on the champions. If this was riding on a title change, maybe, but this one more than anything else in this card is about the magic and the spectacle. And I think that's why FTR would too. And I can't imagine how grim we'd all be if this match had been cancelled at this oh, stage. Oh. Women's World Championship match next on the Wikipedia sheets here. Uh, Hikaru Shida defending against Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Tony Storm, and of course, Soraya, uh, the queen of chaos herself. Um, lots of ways to read into this match. Is this title reign a kind of reward for Shida for persevering through those terrible pandemic years is Soraya going to win it on home turf Michael Hanflet tell me how you feel because I've got no idea how to feel about this it's bad but the workers will make it good the workers will make it work in fact um, look AW should have told stories there should be a division that's more cohesive and we know all this at this point but it's everything you said Sheeda's going to get an amazing reward getting the crowd that she didn't get all the way back in 2020 Soraya's going to get the hometown pop she well home country pop she would have never gotten when she retired all the way back in 2018 um, but I think it's Soraya's night Tony Storm's got her next six eight months secured with this amazing character Britt Baker is almost too over for the belt, while the belt itself is not the top priority in the women's division. So yeah, I think whether or not it's a hometown pop, I don't know, but I think Surrey gets the win all the same. If there's ever a night to strap up, arguably the biggest star this division has got, it's there, it's Wembley Stadium. I think Sheeta wins. I think maybe I'm manifesting this because I would really like to see the end of the outcasts. I think it's outstayed. It's welcome to a profound extent. I think there'll be some kind of miscommunication between Storm and Soraya, one of whom will take the fall. Sheeta will get a really nice moment 
from I like that this is the one element of the story I like to go from defending it in front of nobody to the most people ever is really sweet I think if you look at Tony Khan historically he's a very nice booker he gives a lot of people hometown wins yes Soraya's the closest candidate to that but I think he goes the nice route here he's for a billionaire quite a nice bloke and I think he will give Sheeta that moment and I think that moment will arrive after some outcasts miscommunication please it feels like it's been 10 years i quite like them still <laughs> St Stop. sting oh my god there's a guy in an outcast t-shirt legend <laughs> shout out <laughs> sorry mate sting and darby allen versus christian cage and i have completely forgotten that's really poor schwarz strickland of course uh this has changed somewhat ar fox He's out. He's out of the Mogul Embassy in general as well, which is quite an interesting scenario. Uh, so, Michael Sidgwick, start off. Tell me how uh, Sting and Darby are going to win. Well, they're going to win. Um, look, the stipulation has become a somewhat very awkward thing over the past um, tragic week. So, I don't know. I don't want a fantasy book spot. You know yeah, what I mean? It just feels that. weird. So, I'm just going to say that Sting and Darby are going to win. Whatever the stipulation is going to be, it's a Sting party match. These things are absolutely incredible it's the most amount of thought that gets put into an aew pay-per-view match typically with the smokes and uh, the smoke and mirrors sting and darby gonna win don't want a fantasy book anything all i know is that it's going to be wild and a lot of fun yeah for a match that is like theoretically full of stipulations you could book ultimately you don't want to talk about them and just stick with the people pleasing element of it sting winning is that and like the big takeaway for me is not the result is not the other three wrestlers in it but that when we leave here tomorrow night sting will have worked in front of a bigger crowd than the undertaker ever did so you know one nil to the stinger Sting better than Mark. Anyway, uh, the match. You're calling me a Mark. <laughs> We're moving on to the most controversial match on the entire card. It's Kenny Omega in a trios match, my friend. Uh, the Golden Elite, Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Hangman Page. They're facing off against Bullet Club, Gold's Juice Robinson, Jay White, and of course, Konosuke Takeshita. You'd imagine. But because we're using an 80,000 seater show to build to the pay-per-view next week, uh, that this is probably going to lead to Kenny and, and Takeshita at some point. But uh, Michael Sidgwick, you've got many thoughts on this match. Let's hear some of them. Um, I hope that Kenny Omega gets the biggest pop in the um, on the night. I actually expect he will. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised by the extent to which this man is beloved. I was genuinely quite mystified, at best appalled at worst, that the guy did not get... We want the epic dream singles Omega match. This is the thing. From 2017, the Wrestle Kingdom match with Kazuchika Ricarda. I know Jericho takes credit for the subsequent Wrestle, uh, Wrestle Kingdom match. I think Okada Omega was the match that people really watched and thought, Jesus Christ, not only is there wrestling bubbling underneath the surface, like in the shadow of the WWE Monopoly, it's seminal, it's better. That was the match for me. So it feels like, I don't know, kind of a disgrace that Omega's not getting the chance to weave that same kind of magic. My worry with this, I agree with Murray, I think that the heels win to set up Takeshita Omega on the road to All Out, which this match somehow is, and I don't like it. My worry with this, it's gonna be fantastic, right? And there's gonna be people on Twitter who say, what were you worried about? I was never worried about the match quality. I was worried about further lowering Kenny Omega's star power. My worry, a massive elite mark, self-confessed, like incurable, but I'm kind of worried that the Golden Lovers are gonna do some like really cool Golden Lovers stuff, Kota Ibushi needs to improve his performance level. I hate saying that. I, look at me. I'm not a wrestler. Um, I worry that Hangman Page is going to be very sullen on the outside when he sees a tighter bond. 
between the golden lovers. And as someone who loves the elite, I'm sick of the melodrama, but I feel like that's going to get advanced as a subplot. Yeah, little to add. Clean sweep on the heels winning. Uh, I'd like to think that all six of these, in light of all the criticism about the match, will want to steal the show. Yeah. I think that's the trick here. I think if they can have that match that people leave talking about, maybe some of the criticism from going into the show will disappear and people will actually get as hyped for next week. I wish we weren't talking about next week. Like, I don't want to talk about any match in the context of next week, but here we are with this. Heels to, retain, uh, heels to win, but it'd be great if this was the one that people were talking about when we left. Like, vindication for all of them almost wrestling above the position they've been given here. And after that, we got the Stadium Stampede match, the first live Stadium Stampede match. Obviously, the second one had a live element towards the end. This one's not a pre-tape, it seems. Um, a big list of human beings in this. Uh, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, Penta Elsa, Romero, Best Friends versus Santana, Ortiz, John Moxley, Wheeler Utah, and Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli. Um, another match that's had some changes. Ray Phoenix, obviously, they did. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The stretcher angle this week to 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 cover for that. Uh, Santana and Ortiz are back. I'm not quite convinced that they're friends yet, but I love them, so I'm happy they're back on my television. Michael Hamflet, stampede me. I don't know, man. Have you seen it? It's a big boy. It's a really big boy. If you're splitting these like anarchy in the arena across multiple stands, across multiple tiers, it could be hard to follow. And I know that's part of the charm with anarchy in the arena. It's part of the charm with AEW's brawls. It's supposed to feel chaotic and not staged and you're not supposed to move from spot to spot to spot i hope every section that has a brawl near them gets what they want out of this because truthfully like the angles that have been up to it haven't felt like hatred fueled and felt like the things that require stadium stampede like the name itself drew more of a pavlovian pop 
than anybody going, ah, oh, I want to see all these guys face off. With, if anything, as long as it's placed at the right point in the card uh, and people haven't seen too much brawling, haven't seen too many weapons, I think it still stands a chance of making, making memories for people. If, you know, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston come brawling near you, it's going to be the best thing you experience all night. And I think that's what AEW are hoping for here. Enough people having enough cool takeaways. It doesn't mean a lot. I think the baby faces win. Moxley and Orange Cassidy feels like the match. Moxley and Kingston feels further down the road. But you might as well just like give the fans the nice pop at the end for the group coming back together. There you go. Got to give the people what they want. And that's why up next we've got Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. You've not said this match. No, I've not said anything about it. I've got some thoughts. Um, I'm worried about the logistics. Me and Hamflip were like really ridiculously fortunate to go and see the last Anarchy in the Arena uh, match at Double or Nothing this year. And I remember we were just basically really giddy marks. There was lots of things happening at once, as is the, the feature and not a bug of this match. Hamflip happened to be watching something over there. I was watching something over here. He said, oh my God, there's just been a massive guardrail attack. And I went, I don't care about that. Nick Jackson's just flipped, <laughs> flipped over something there. I love the chaos. I like the fact that not everything is captured because it feels like this really organic, pulsating, violent thing that cannot be controlled or even captured. Um, but I like the genre more than the dynamic here. Um, I feel like it's spreadsheet booking. I feel like it's a way of getting everybody on the card. I don't buy the alliances. I mean, Lucha Brothers, Death Triangle have been feuding with best friends on and off for three years. They should have made more of this. Oh, they're coming together. It's a spreadsheet match, but this, to me, epitomizes the build. I don't really care who wins. The build has been incredibly um, slapshot. But on the night, it will be incredible. The problem for me is that they produce 260 hours of TV a year. I want to like it all. And next in the order, we got Chris Jericho and Will Ospreay. It's going to be preceded by Chris Jericho singing himself to the ring, uh, which will be over as hell. The performance will be interesting. Uh, I personally have a lot of faith in this match. I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. You can say what you want about the build. I agree with all of those complaints. Um, but I think on the night, it's going to be sensational. Tell me about Jericho Ospreay. Jericho's rule now is to do big jobs on pay-per-view, and I think he deserves a little bit more credit for that. So I think Osprey goes over. Um, I've got absolutely no concerns about the quality of the match. I know some people are worried that Osprey remains completely explosive. He is miles like faster than Chris Jericho could ever hope to be in 2023. But if you go back, and you should, it was incredible, and watch the Wrestle Kingdom match between um, Osprey and Omega, they hit how kind of slow it was. It was, dare I say, methodical, but it was so compelling nonetheless. All of which is to say that Osprey knows how to work a slow, deliberate, emotionally resonant match. And that is the gear in which um, Jericho operates now. So don't worry about a Styles Clash or them not being on the same, wa same wavelength. Will Osprey? <laughs> He's a genius at this, and he will absolutely do the best possible job with Chris Jericho, who is no slouch. And he's going to make us all feel like tits, by the way, because this match is going to be amazing. Yeah, the only thing bigger than this gorgeous Coliseum is Chris Jericho's ego. He will not, <laughs> he will not permit this to fail. Like, he will not permit this to fail. It's the reason he wanted Osprey. He's a smart enough guy to know that you have the, you stand the chance in this history-making night of having the match, the opponent, and he's done it. He's found that in Will Ospreay. There's... That's one of many reasons why the feud on television hasn't worked. Yeah. Because Chris Jericho didn't really think about it not working. He thought about what it would look like to wrestle Will Ospreay in Wembley Stadium. And here we are. Um, I share your belief that it will deliver. Cynically, I kind of wish it didn't. Because I think it justifies bad behaviour. But I think it will be awesome. I think Will Ospreay and Chris Jericho fans will have an unbelievable night with this. And whichever way it goes, expect a rematch in the Tokyo Dome. Because Jericho's going to Jericho. Osprey to win. 
but it's going to be narrow and they're going to leave something behind for a rematch. <laughs> Speaking of rematches up next, we're getting to the business end of this show now. We've got CM Punk and Samoa Joe. Mike Lanfley, you're not very fond of this Phil Brooks fella. Tell me what you think about this match, folks. He's going to steal the show, isn't he? It's, uh, it's the punker. Uh, I don't love it. I don't think it was the initial plan. Uh, but it's Punk and Joe. There are going to be a lot of people that watch these two in tiny venues or watch them through dodgy streams of tiny venues all the way back in the mid-2000s. I can't quite, quite believe that they're seeing them at Wembley Stadium. They're two of the very best, and they know how to get the best out of each other. I think this will be placed on the card where both men want it, CM Punk especially. We've seen how great CM Punk is in a kind of unremarkable spot at Forbidden Door, and how he makes the most of his position on the card. This will be maybe the match that conforms to the CM Punk cliches and slows it down a little bit, but there's not a lot on this card that will. There's not a lot on this card that will like require a little bit of an old school vibe. I think these will absolutely nail it. I think it's going to be a wonderful time for CM Punk fans. Maybe a piss break for the elite fans in truth, but it's going to be a great time. And I, <laughs> I would hope so. Learn for something. And, uh, and CM Punk goes up. CM Punk goes over. Uh, right, I don't want to be too patronising here, but I thought CM Punk and Samoa Joe had a nice little match on Collision that wasn't particularly <laughs> electrifying. My problem with this, right, is that I'm a big, massive, old-school ROH nerd. I don't know how many of them are out here. Um, I think it'll be a very, very good match. It's not going to be one of the trilogy classics. They won't have the time. I don't think the aura's there. I don't think the stakes are there. I don't think the emotional investment is in there. My issue with this match, it's going to be loud. Every single CM, Ping, CM Punk thing is loud. It'll have an atmosphere. It's the dynamic I'm worried about. I love CM Punk. I'm just desperate for him to turn heel at this point. What I loved most about CM Punk's 2023 return was that match against Kojima. Kojima, Lariat, at Forbidden Door when he was just full 100%. I'm a complete dickhead heel. It was wonderful, but when he's working a much larger monstrous opponent in Joe, you're not going to get that version of Punk. And I don't know how many people go into that building or into the babyface Punk, so I don't think the dynamic's particularly perfect here. Disappointed by the lack of Golden Vampire analysis there. But we're <laughs> two more matches on this card. Trio's title match. Set up on Dynamite this week. Daddy Ass is back, except he's not Daddy Ass. He's the badass, Billy Gunn. Shame to see him not reviving the classic gimmick, the one, Billy Gunn, obviously. Um, he's facing off against the greatest trio alive, the hardest man alive, the coolest man alive, and Julia Hart, who is the coolest woman alive. They're really cool. How's the Blacker winning? Well, it's weird to do this for a third time if the baby faces are just going to lose because I think that Acclaim's popularity has been dented quite enough this year. At the same time, if... Why do a third match just to beat them? Just beat them if you need to beat them and get it over with. If the Acclaimed were going to win, they should have put Daddy Ass's... Daddy Ass. This is ridiculous, man. <laughs> they should have put Daddy Ass's ass on the line in a retirement match. And I say that because having been there, again, so fortunate, at double or nothing, that match was nout. It was bang average. It didn't even approach Gentleman's 3 for me. Work, I think it needs that added emotional investment of the, the threat of Daddy Ass retiring because you're not going to get like dynamic, electrifying, like blistering trios action. So, yeah, I think the Acclaim should win, but they've missed a trick with the stip for me. I'll take it. Down the way. There are two merchandise stalls that are too small, but what they do have stacked floor to ceiling are foam scissors in pink and black. Those waving around when the Acclaim win the trio's title is too good a moment, capital M to blow. It's gonna be awesome. Like the Acclaimed have been so over despite having almost nothing to do 
for like the past six months or so, this is going to make you forget about all of that. The Acclaim win the belts, I don't know, rematch it again when there's not such high stakes? I, I don't know, but I think the acclaimed win, I think it's more about that visual, the idea that approximately, let's say, half that stadium is wearing foam scissors and just like sing along and dance along with the three of them. Well, yeah, all 20 get sold and everybody has a great night that buys them. I think it's going to be one of the nicer moments of the show when the House of Black leaves the belts, even if it's only like a short reign or a hot shot. You'll be there with your scissors. I'll be there with my antlers. We're on to the main event. <laughs> Informed by the Zero Hour, of course. MJF, Adam Cole, all the marbles. The biggest storyline in the promotion at the moment. I think the vast majority of people would say the best as well. How are we finishing this show? Oh, man. I, don't, I, I think MJF retains, but I don't think we're getting a turn. I think we're going to see MJF win a title and a theoretical reveal of MJF being the bad guy all along. But like I say... I believe they're going to win the belts on the Zero Hour. So there's suddenly something new to preserve. It's no longer just about MJF's world title. It's no longer about this bizarre, fake friendship that they've forged. It's about the new belts that they've won and MJF thinking, oh God, I'm going to have to stick around with this guy even longer. I think he might cheat. I think he might try and get away with a low blow. I dare say Adam Cole might do something in response just as villainous. But I think MJF retains. I think he gets just for a second to shine as a baby face, even if we can start to see that eventually there's the devil and he's going to come out sooner rather later. Like a few things on this card, not to be cynical and not to just look all out a week later or indeed beyond that when it was coming Grand Slam, I still think there is more juice in the Adam Cole MJF fruit, but I do believe they're talented enough to give you what feels like a payoff in the main event. So the good news is that the first match I thought was excellent, so beautifully paced, like two people who really, really know what they're doing. I have no doubts about the match quality, and I do have lingering suspicions that these AEW pay-per-views don't get sequenced particularly well. They can feel like a slog. This card could go on for like 18 hours, and this match is so hot, and people are so into it that I think it'll command a great, great atmosphere no matter how long the show goes. So those are the two great things about it. In terms of who wins, he is a snake, old man. He is the devil. MJF is turning. You little bastard. You've done it again. He's going to turn heel. And I just want to say, if he does, what a commendable job he's done over the past two months. On Twitter, he's played babyface. He's giving press interviews as a babyface. On television, he's got over as the biggest babyface in the company. And I just think when he finally turns, I think he's done more than enough to get a genuinely like Piper in Portland times 10,000 reaction. And I think he'd love nothing more than that. That's it. Our predictions. Let us know yours down in the comment section below. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.